0: to our intro at anything more than one time speed is just garbled noise. Mm-hmm. To which I say, just listen to listen to it at one time speed, heathens. I'm 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 looking at several people. Actually, I'm just I'm looking at my screen and you. You know who you are. You know who okay. you are. Just listen to it at one at normal speed. Slow it down. Slow it down. Slow it down.
1: D- get out of the fast lane. Don't don't live your life. Stop wasting every moment you have. Trying to do everything at once—you can't. You're human, okay? So just, just Go grab to onto speed. this
0: moment, this one moment. Just grab onto it and grab it. Yeah, I, just grab it. Just grab it. The grab moment that moment. Is fleeting. And and hold on to it. Hold on tight. YOLO. <laughs> oh no.
1: So, uh, with that said, we're going to be grabbing other stuff in this episode. Whoa, we're whoa, we, whoa. We're going to be grabbing, grabbing other
0: stuff. Uh, stuff.
1: It's, it's, it's a grab bag episode? It's a grab bag. Exactly. So, grab your bags, and we'll be talking about backlogs, because uh, the, the backlogs, right? Something like that. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I am uh, one of your hosts, Josh, and we have with me, Nate.
0: Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't want to get grabbed. <laughs> Let's not do this. Uh, uh, don't worry, you just, you'll be doing the grabbing. No, that, no that's not.
1: That d- any better. D- d-
0: stop, man. You're making <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> worse. You're making it worse. Oh man. Um, <laughs> wow. And you know what's 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 a shame is that <laughs> you and I probably just talked for like two hours. It's true. Or close to two hours we did. and recorded absolutely none of it. And some of it, of it was. Some of it was. We're probably better off. Oh, not definitely. having recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there, there were other bits that I'm like, oh, we, we, we sounded smart for like Could, a minute or two. Could have used that. Yeah.
1: We used yeah. That. Could have used
0: that. Maybe just, we'll revisit just, some of that stuff.
1: Nah, put it in the bag for later. Later when we'll be grabbing it out. Yeah, that sounds good. But
0: the- you, you know, we were talking about things just like trying too hard, Josh. You're, you're mm-hmm. just, yeah, You're just trying too hard here, friend. I am. Just, just, be a little more authentic just don't don't feel the need to like stretch so much mm. but right. you know what anyways enough of this this nonsensical chit chat um my friend mm-hmm. it has been actually a little bit more than two weeks that's true uh, it has and that's totally my fault yeah it's no biggie no biggie that's what um yeah it it happens it works it it all worked out um mm-hmm. but since it it uh well, it's, it's been, been an undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you, right. um, since it has been that, and I'm only going to do it once for the sake mm. of brevity, my friend. Mm. Um, and just to give you a, a little bit of a reprieve. Mm. Um, thank you. Just this one time. That means a lot. I will never, never just do it the once ever again. <laughs> um, uh, but I, you know, how, how have you been, man? How, how are the last, uh. Couple of weeks and change been treating you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been pretty good. Um, actually. So we're looking forward to my daughter's birthday coming up next week, but actually we're having her party tomorrow night. So um, with that, we've been doing some spring cleaning, which typically, um, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before when when I started looking into things like minimalism and, and stuff like that. So typically I am outside of my collections. I have my collections of things. So I know I have a ton of stuff that, I still, that I'm still working through. But in general, I try and keep my things organized, tidy, uh, things like that. So it's been really nice. My wife has jumped on this train um, not by me pushing her there, but, uh, just, uh, I think her own influences on YouTube and things like that, where she has gotten in this, this mode of just like, if we don't need it, we're tossing it out. I want to have less things. Mm. Um, it, it came to a head, you know, we have three kids. There's tons yeah. of things all over the place. And so my goodness, over the past week, we have gotten rid of a ton of stuff. Um, mostly just junk, you know, stuff we didn't need, uh, but stuff we were holding on to. And so that has been really nice and it's really fun to have someone else. Cause even when I was going through my, my phases of it, I didn't want to push it on anyone else. I knew mm-hmm. I couldn't because it would just be frustrating. Um, so to see, to see what's happening here, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So for cool. you patrons who can see behind me, it does not look like that at all because I've got all my junk behind me, but uh, to But that's listening. all the
0: junk that he has in the house. That's it. <laughs> it's all in that one oh, spot. only.
1: But, that's- <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, so that's, been, that's been real nice. Uh, just, uh, yeah, getting rid of stuff. It, it feels really good. It feels really good. And it, and it allows us to, you know, you know, the flip side is like, okay, we don't need this thing. We can actually replace it with something else. So, so something like our TV table, we actually just picked up another one from a Habitat for Humanity Restore here in hmm. town. Um, so second hand, but this one has more space inside so we can store things there. Hmm. Um, so it's nice storage, cool.
0: changing things up. It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. I like that. I'm actually kind of hitting a point similarly, like in, mm. in our in our home too, where it's like, and I can only do it with like my stuff yeah. per se. Yeah. But I also like there's some stuff where I'm like, why, why do we have like all this crap over here that and frankly we never use most of it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know so like let's just get rid of the things that we don't use that we haven't used in like the last year or whatever and move on like Mm -hmm. we just yeah i want to reclaim some space um Mm. it feels nice it feels yeah But then the the actually like doing it is kind of difficult. Like, especially Mm -hmm. there's so much baby stuff in our house right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So much baby stuff right now. Yeah. And so, and I'm not, it's not like I'm mad about it or anything, but it's like, I don't know. Like, but we have all like all just tons of crap.
1: Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Yes. How, how is, how has your fortnight been? Good, sir. What have Um, you been up to?
0: it's been pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. so for the listeners and even for, you know, the patrons who watch the video feeds, you can't, you guys might not be able to tell. Well, you can't tell, uh, I got a new laptop. Um, you know, it was the other one was, uh, it was feeling its age. And then Mm -hmm. I did the thing that I did to it. (laughs) And, um, Magic the thing the gathering that we, happened, we'll, so. and yeah, Magic the Gathering happened to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and like I said, we, I was still using it for a while. I just right. was not super pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had Megan basically. We we had sort of batted it around, and I ended up getting a new laptop. And it's mm. it's got a little bit more juice behind it. Um, just a little, because, a, just a little bit. Um, it's 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 pretty decent. Um, I eventually I would like to maybe start doing some like digital art kind of stuff with it. Ooh, doing going get getting back into like some of the graphic design stuff. Yeah, um, nice. But that's that's at least a little ways down the road. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's that. Uh, but our car broke down. (laughs) Oh no! Um, so the the it broke down, and my dad came out like drove like two and a half, three hours, Oof. maybe even more. And while I, cause I, I managed, it broke down on my way into work the other week and I managed to get it kind of started back up and I got it to a parking lot. And so okay, I was just going to get it towed after that to yeah. a shop and get it worked on. Well, my dad was like, he's like, he did some Googling and he was like, okay, like, Hey, I think this is what it is. I'm going to pick up this part. I'm going to come out. I'm gonna replace it, blah blah blah, and he, because he's retired now, mm-hmm. and I was like, you don't really have to do that, but also thank you,
2: because mm-hmm.
0: like that saves me. So, and there was a couple things where he's like, okay, you know, we had, there was like one thing where we had thrown a bit of a band aid on, sure, one one uh, until I could get this this replacement piece, and then. I got the replace, like we got the replacement piece and I was like, okay, like I need to get this stuff put in and like that evening, Megan was like, we had swapped vehicles and she was bringing the, and the car died on the highway. So I ran out, got her, you know, did the whole back and like, tried to sort of like do some troubleshooting and I just couldn't get it started. So I ended up getting Mm -hmm. it towed to the shop. And this week I've been home um, so it hasn't been like the end of, it's not the end of the world. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I've been home like, so it's cool. However, um, I still haven't heard back from the shop. Um, okay. so, and I'm, I'm not optimistic. I mean, the, the car had like 220,000 miles on it. So it's okay. Okay. Yeah. We, 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 we did some damage with it. Um, I, I'd, I'd like it to be relatively inexpensive to to fix i am not optimistic mm-hmm. um yeah. so we do have another vehicle sort of like lined up but in the meantime it's sort of like getting all of that stuff sorted out is going to take a little bit of yeah running around and stuff so yeah that's not fun um but it's not, it's not the end of the world. Either. It's like it's it's inconvenient for sure, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun. But yeah. I have a shiny yeah. new laptop that I can do things with, so that 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 yeah. part is fun. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Speaking of other things that are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing some stuff, and I actually watched something that I think is pretty interesting. So okay. why don't we move into the next segment? Well, Let's move uh, on to the backlog report, my friend. The
1: segment of fun. I've got a list of fun right here. All,
0: all the fun things that we enjoy. Mm-hmm.
1: Not it's, all the fun things. This but... is not important anti-theft software upgrade available on my vehicle at no cost. Oh. No. This is a report of fun things. Mm.
0: Uh, uh, well specifically fun things that we have watched read or played in the last couple of weeks
1: that's right and things so. we've beaten down off of our off of our backlogs mm-hmm. um so i'll just i'll go ahead and jump right in you know last week i gained two points from from ordering uh well did i gain three point no i, I can't remember if on the epi- by that time on the episode i guess it was probably three points because pre road Tears of the Kingdom and then Octopath 2 and Xenoblade 3 um, for a GameStop uh, special. So mm. got myself some points. Well, now I've got some negative points as well because I finally... You disgust me. Mm, delicious. I, I don't know. Uh, I got two negative points for completing Majora's Mask for the, well, the Nintendo 64, the Nintendo Switch Online version of it. So, so
0: you went um, full completion on it too. I
1: did. I did full completion with save states. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's what that was. I mean, there, there was no way that, that I would have done that without mm. the save states. And primarily it's because I wanted to see all that the game had. Um, because of the nature of that game, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought it would be really difficult to do everything myself, basically. So I wanted to follow a guide. Um, and I wanted to see like how do these themes kind of come together if that makes sense, um, because the game is very <laughs> themed around that three-day cycle, mm-hmm. around the end of the world uh, and things like that. So I wanted to see how it, it really um, all kind of comes together instead of just what's the mainline story, like what are all these side stories within the story that are, are playing to that theme. So that's why I decided to complete it, for better or worse. Uh, but I did it. I did it. Got the you fierce deity mask and made the last boss super easy. Um, so finish that up, and that gives me how long did two that points. take you? Man. Um, the entire game, I mean, yeah, probably that, like 20 hours, it wasn't that long. Um, because I was following a guide and because I was using safe, and states. using
0: safe states, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, cool. Um, that, it, that's my guess, but it, but it was always in 30 minute spurts, so it mm. felt like it took forever. Um, but that was that was just me and and the way that i decided to play it um i did start a couple games okay so i went back to my backlog draft so i still have scarlet nexus on there um and didn't try and play that one but i also had bionic commando rearmed i figured yeah a nice short game i'll fire that one up unfortunately uh pulled it up on my laptop and it is stuttering. like. At first, I couldn't get it to run. It said that there was something that needed to be updated. So I had to actually go fishing around for this uh, NVIDIA driver update, which is weird because it didn't upgrade, update automatically. Um, so it was like something separate. Um, so I get that installed, and then I start playing it, and it's laggy for an old game. So I'm just like, what? I don't huh, yeah, this is this is frustrating. I started. I tried playing it for like 30-45 minutes because I'm I intrigued by it. I think it was it. a
0: PS3 game, dude.
1: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is it, so like, there's there's no reason why it should be running as poorly as it does. Um, but it's it's one of those things where once it's outside, you know, once it's old, then it's hard to run on newer computers.
0: You know what I mean? Well, I think too that, and it's that whole that uh, that processor, whatever that uh, mm-hmm. trice Like, oh, the, I see what you're saying the cell yeah. processor thing. I yeah. think like a lot of, but is this like a PC port or something? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, Huh? Yeah. I'm playing it on PC. It's, it's not like optimized for PC is weird.
1: I guess, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I installed it and played it through steam. Um, but after about an hour of, and, and, you know, I mean, it's an old game. It's a, it's, hmm. it's a remake of the first game is what it is. It's not trying to, um, really update it much outside of graphics. But when you have, when it's not only laggy, but, um, or excuse me, when it's not only stuttery, but it's also laggy, it's just hard to play. Um, Cause the thing about the NES is a lot of the games, you have to be very precise, you know? Yeah. And, and like that feels good when you are precise. So when you can't be, especially while I'm on the elliptical, does, it does like, not no. feel good. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of gave up on that one. I might go back to it, but, um, gave up on, again, just for right now for like trying to play it. And instead I booted up another game, which I played the first, you know, half an hour of and loved. It's called Chroma Squad. Um, this one I had put on my shortlist for the year. It is a tactical RPG that is, um, from the perspective, it's like an indie game that's from the perspective of a, um, a production, a, a company that is producing a Power Rangers like TV show. Okay, so you, so you, your introduction is basically like you're on this soundstage fighting these putties as the Power Rangers, not not Power Rangers, Power Rangers, um, these Toku guys. And then you decide, you know, we're not getting paid anything. We're going to go start our own company. And so the game is based around creating episodes of this Tokusatsu Super Sentai show. Um, again not, not real you know you don't really have these powers but it's about like building up your little empire your, your um, production company empire using this tokusatsu show so um, hmm. I've only played the very beginning introduction but it's very charming and I enjoy it quite a bit so that should be fun um, if I don't decide to, to play anything else and then kind of as we were getting started to, to record I started playing uh, the no Tatsujin. Rhythm Festival, and uh, those are always great games. So I've played exactly one song from the game, <laughs> so I don't even know why I'm mentioning it here. And, but
0: well, and he was playing it while we were talking,
1: mm-hmm. and so. you're just like, "What is going? So much weird Japanese is yeah, happening dude. right now."
0: I <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it was really loud too. Because I I don't judge you too harshly for <laughs> dipping into the weeb trash
1: occasionally. Mm. Don don dokodon. Um, anyways, so that's what I've been into. That's what I've been playing, um, and I'm not sure what, what I'm going to continue with. We'll see. But but those have been those have been good times, good times, and lots of fun. Um, you know, I mentioned after uh, that Majora's Mask had taken me quite a, lo- a bit longer than I had expected. Well, one reason for that is that uh, the, uh, early on, you know, kind of after the last episode, there was an evening that I had free where Samantha was out doing something, kids were in bed. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to turn something on the TV and play on my Switch and play some Majora's Mask and just finish this game out because I know I'm towards the end. Uh, I have a good solid, you know, couple of hours to play if I really dig into it. So I I decided to turn something on in the background and that was John Wick 3. And I was glued to the TV and never turned my Switch on. (laughs) Mm. Because I really enjoyed it, so that was another something that I've I've watched, and um, I was kicking myself just because I didn't invest the time in the video games. But man, John Wick three, dude, good time. It was it was a good time. I'd heard that was kind of the low point, but I uh,
0: quite enjoyed. They're it. They're all fun, like yeah, that's they're they're just fun, kind of like I I wouldn't call them brainless, but they're kind of mm-hmm. brainless romps. And yeah, it's okay.
1: Yeah. The, the, but the 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 fight scenes are just so well choreographed like so mm-hmm. so cool uh even if it's totally unbelievable which is
0: fun yeah, yeah. um so they they're kind of smart versions of the big dumb action flick yeah and that's i don't know i i like that
1: yes yeah, so so that was a great time um, watching John Wick three. Some of the other movies or, or TV shows, things that I've that I've watched lately that I've gotten into, just some highlights. Okay, my kids and I started. You know, I watched I watched Ultraman Z, Ultraman Z. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a few months back, I finished that one up, and that is a fantastic season of Ultraman. But now, uh, Subaraya, the production company who makes Ultraman, uh, they are releasing the English dub. OK, so they've been okay. releasing episodes of the English dub of Ultraman Zet on YouTube. Watched like the first three episodes with my kids yesterday. And oh, my gosh, it's so good. It's so good because it's so like it's not trying to follow mouth movements. You know, it's very much English dub over it. And and it's kind of stilted. But but it it's good. It's good. Just, it's It's just so much fun.
0: Well, dude, I mean, my thing is, like, I just need them to put those on blu-ray that's it that's yes a, that's all i yeah. need you to do mm-hmm. that's, that's all i need them to do but
1: but those are on yeah they're on youtube and it's a lot of fun another youtube channel so i know this is weird to, to reference youtube but uh, this might come back later in the episode a youtube channel that i have gotten into recently is called great art explained so i am not a very cultured man and I no. was curious.
0: I mean, <laughs> you, know, you hang out. Like you like hang out, video games. You hang out with me, dude. So mm-hmm. it's well, yeah. There's. I was just talking about. We're, we're man. scraping the bottom, man. Like <laughs> between the two of us.
1: Here we go. Um, yes, but I, I was interested, and it might have just been a, you know something passing on YouTube. I don't remember what it was that first got me in this mindset. But I was just like, I want to understand like, what is so special about these great works of art? Um, because, the, you know, there's some that I recognize are are absolutely beautiful. They're gorgeous. Um, you know, like, when I see some of these uh, medieval, I don't know if it's exactly medieval, but kind of Renaissance, like triptychs and stuff like that, I'm just like amazed that something like that can even be done. You know, so so there's some stuff um, that that I really enjoy, but there's a lot about art that that just goes over my head and feels pretentious. So I wanna at least try and understand um, a little bit about some of the great works of art. And that's what this channel does. And it it doesn't have like an overwhelming amount of videos, um, probably only a few dozen, but I've really appreciated how um, this channel can explain why, these great works of art are great, even if I still don't understand some of them. So uh, th- there was one that was more modern, um, and I, I, man, I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but he's basically just drawing like different shade shaded shapes, is what it looks like to me. And this whole episode is talking about like how um, how it it like you know is is about the his depression and the human condition and stuff like that. And I'm just like I don't get it at all. From like, I understand now. I understand the the painter's story, but I still have no idea how that comes out in his art. Mm. Um, so there, there's still some stuff that I don't understand. But um, I'm really enjoying, at least trying to understand, if that makes sense. So, yeah. uh, great art explained. That's another kind of highlight. And there have been a couple other movies, but you know, well, okay, I'll just mention one more. Sorry, it is. A, it was a very cute movie. Um, it was kind of your standard uh um, coach movie, if that makes sense. You know, the the uh, coach has to coach a team of of ragtag underdogs, and they band together. It's a movie called Champions with Woody Harrelson. It just came out on Peacock, but I watched it with my wife. Um, and the story itself was not anything special. However, the special thing about the team is that and I'm using that word in particular is that they're all special needs. They all have Down syndrome, mm. and for this movie, they got. Actors who all have down syndrome. So it feels very authentic, you know, and, and my wife used to work with, um, she used to work at a a private preschool that was about half typically developing kids and half developmentally delayed kids. Um, Mm. So she's familiar with, with that world in general. And so it was just, it was just really, again, I say it's a cute movie. Like in terms of the plot, nothing out of the ordinary happened, but it was, heartwarming just seeing and and, I mean, you know, it it got raunchy at times. Like it's not a, it's not a clean movie by any means. Mm. Um, but, but it was, it was a, it was a fun movie. It was cute. We enjoyed it just because of that bit of authenticity, if that makes sense. So, uh, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm sorry. This report is just taking
0: way too long. So
1: Nate, what do you have to report on?
0: Well, as far as books, I, I've, Added for, a bunch
1: of, well, go I ahead. I forgot books. I forgot books.
0: Th- th- throw one in there, I'm man. a dummy. I got, okay, I got two books. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to let you edit that out in post.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dumb one. Um, th- th- okay, so I've been, I've been trying to read more. Okay, get back into this whole reading thing. And so I've been reading through um, a translation of The Mortification of Sin by John Owen, translated okay. by Aaron Wren. So it is, it's a modern translation of it. Um, it's kind of he explains it in in the introduction of the book or the preface of the book that it's kind of a, a thought for thought translation. Like he tr- With, he tries to say, "What's up?"
0: It feels like there was a like a big one that kind of went did the circuit a few years ago of mort- okay mortification of sin.
1: Is this it? Or I, it- I doubt it. I doubt it because I, I don't, I know Aaron Wren from he has a podcast um, and, and he's not a political commentator. He, he used to be much more political, but um, he has a, yeah, kind of a, he works with a group called the American reformer now. Um, okay. So I knew him and he had kind of mentioned that he had put this book out. And so I was like, okay, I, I should read that again. Um, and he's, he's kind of Frank. He's like, honestly, John Owen is not the best writer. Like he has really good concepts, mm. but just you know his writing is is old, so it's hard to understand and uh, And he talked about how he wanted to go through that book with a small group that he was in, and basically the small group leader was like like pulled him aside and was like, "Yeah, most of the guys in our group won't be able to understand this, so we should choose something else." and so he took it upon himself to to do a modern translation hmm. of it so been reading through that and being blessed by that. And, uh, the reminder of what that means. And, you know, our, our life here on earth, uh, be killing sin or it will be killing you yeah, and all of sin, you know, all <laughs> in all of the areas that it pops up in our lives. Uh, not that we can have full, uh, you know, victory over it, this side of heaven, but it is our duty to be engaged in killing sin. Um, So that's been good. And it's reliance upon the Holy Spirit too, you know? (laughs) It shows you your inadequacies. So uh, really enjoying that. I'm probably about halfway through it. I I was on a retreat the past few days, and so was able to kind of dig into that. So what's
0: his last name?
1: Ren, R-E-N-N.
0: R-E-N-N, okay. I'm going to just look that up. Yeah. I will look, because I feel like there was a, something similar done a few years ago. Okay. Um, and you know, like if you've read Puritans period there, mm-hmm. they can be a little, it can be a little cumbersome. Um, yes. At that is a great word. Yes. They're <laughs> not, but you know, what? and it's, there's a part of me, it's like, but we don't, we haven't rewritten Shakespeare to make it easier mm-hmm. to understand. I think like there's, there is, and it's not to say that there's anything wrong with mm-hmm. this, but I think sometimes it's okay to like struggle slow. D- like sometimes almost like the, again, the, the, the cumbersome nature of the language mm-hmm. actually is good in forcing you to slow down, mm. think through and really digest the words. And again, I'm not trying to criticize what mr oh Red yeah did. and yeah. Uh, at all like that i don't want anybody i'm just saying like i think that sometimes like when we modernize things sometimes it's not it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. but i think there there's also merit to like wrestling with the text yeah but yeah anyways yeah that's cool uh mortification of sin is like one that i probably need to go back and reread
1: mm-hmm. That's, that's what I was feeling. And this one was cheap. And, and so Mm -hmm. I saw it like on my list, I had bought, bought it probably a month or two back for just a few dollars. It was on sale. Um, And so I was going through my list of like, okay, what am I going to read while I'm out here? Um, And I was like, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And yeah, really digging it. So been reading that. And then um, I did also with all the stuff that's going on at home and cleaning up here. um, I wanted to re listen to Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Mm. So I checked that one out from the library again. Been listening through that. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll get to that later in the challenge portion that, that relates to some of the stuff I've been listening to there. So that that's those are my books that I've been into. Uh, now I'm done. Sorry, but uh, here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah. As far as books go, um, I just haven't been reading the way that I want to again, okay. and it's like it's. I can only blame it on my son so, so much. A lot of it is just like, I'm, I'm not, you know, yes, Byron does take up a lot of like time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually had a chance to talk with, uh, Porto a little bit in, in our general, general, uh, voice chat for a few minutes. And we were like, it's weird how much energy little ones actually take. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, but, um, it was just kind of like, it doesn't seem like a lot because it's like, well, they they don't do a whole lot. He's mm-hmm. like, and I think he even made some sort of like comment about like, hey, just wait until he starts moving around. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going yeah. to, I'm going to die an early death. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you understand those child leashes. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but so I haven't been doing, like I've been reading some comic books. Um Nice. I've been continuing the sort of like going through the moon girl comics. Okay. And, uh, I I, I don't know why I keep, like, I don't hate it. I, I, I honestly don't hate it. It's like, it's enjoyable, but it's, it's not even that I don't, but it's like, I don't have strong feelings about it. Like, it's kind of like one of those things that it's like, I'm reading it just to sort of see where it goes. Not because I'm actually invested. And I'm like, that's a terrible reason to be reading anything. Um, but I'm going to look and see where I am in the run and sort of go from there. And if I'm close to yeah. the end, I might just sort of buy the last couple of volumes and sort of finish it out and, and walk off. But who knows? Cool. Um. Anyways, so as far as reading, that's been pretty much it. Uh, I haven't read or listened to, although I did pick up, um, so it was the girl from iCarly, but... The one who wasn't iCarly, uh, Jeanette. Um, I can't remember her her name. Um, I picked it up on Audible because it seemed interesting to me. Okay, um, especially the title. I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one got popular. Yeah, and it, so I'm I'm at some point in time I'm going to listen to that because I'm. You know, she she dishes a lot of dirt about like Nickelodeon and, and all that stuff. And okay, I'm kind of like morbidly curious about all of that. And she apparently, and and it, she had a really bad relationship. Her her mom was pretty abusive and manipulative. Hmm. Um, apparently, so I, I'm interested in just sort of seeing what she has to say. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So I haven't listened to it yet. I, I just burnt an Audible credit on it today. Cool, um,
1: cool. I didn't realize that's who she was. I thought she was some comedian that I didn't know because that sounds like that The title is so dark. It sounds like a, a comedian would say it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it sounds like black humor to me. And so it just like, I, I yeah. assumed she was some popular female community in that I didn't know about no, but okay. No. She's a child star. That makes it she more was, intriguing yeah. to me because <laughs> I've yeah. seen it on lists and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: Um, Anyways. So there's that. Um, And like, I just haven't been able to like really get, and it, again, it's, I, I'm sort of like blaming, you know, it's like, Oh, I've got a kid now and I'm so busy and blah. And it's like, well, also like I do dumb things and stay up too late sometimes. Um. <laughs> When I could just be like reading a chapter of my book and then going to bed um, or one of my books and going to bed. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's that. As far as watching though, and it's like, I've been watching some, some anime. I actually kind of went back. Um, Have you ever heard of a show called the record of Lodos war? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So I've been watching that. And what I will say is like, dude, visually it's really cool. Like it's like that Mm -hmm. old school, like really gorgeous anime and i'm like um but like holy moly <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um i'm I, i'm enjoying it but it's like it's basically D D fanfic um because okay. it's it's basically <laughs> nice. the entire like so it's based on some light novels that were basically uh retellings of a D campaign that eventually sort of spun out into its own uh tabletop system um, okay Wow, so yeah, it's kind of weird. It's super nerdy, but I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I watched, uh, but the the one that I'm really excited about, and it's this is like a weird pick. Um, mm-hmm. This is like, so there was a guy, and I I I needed. It was like one of those things. It came up in like uh, this really creepy scene it was like a claymation kind of thing um about these three kids and they're having a conversation with an angel named satan um okay (laughs) it was a clip from a movie and i looked it up uh because it somebody like i was like going through the comments i was like what the heck is this this is bizarre
1: Uh um and i like
0: claymation anyways i think claymation is kind of like just it's neat and it's kind of weird and creepy um it was by a guy named Will Vinton. Um, okay. That's his last name is V I N T O N. And he did a lot of this stuff. Um, but this one was called The Adventures of Mark Twain. It's available okay. on Amazon Prime. You can rent it for like three or four bucks. Um, and it is an absolute trip. Um, and so those three kids were actually Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, and Becky Thatcher from okay, Mark Twain's novels. Mm-hmm. And the entire premise is just bizarre. Um, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> interesting. It's like one of those, like, it's sort of like a visual kind of like just. There like the claymation, it wasn't even like the best claymation I've ever seen. Um, but it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. Um mm. there's some really cool sequences. Um so The Adventures of Mark Twain by Will Venton is interesting. Uh, okay. It's yeah. like it's, for like a it's like it might be a couple hours mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. Anyways, uh so that that was really like the the thing that I was like, this is Weird and cool, and I want people to kind of check this out, and either validate me or don't. Uh, I don't care because I was like, <laughs> kind of like I, I enjoyed it. it. Like, and the sequence with Satan mm-hmm. is kind of makes a little more sense. Like, because there, there's, I don't know, it, it's not, it's still, it's pretty dark and mm-hmm. creepy. Um, anyways, but yeah. And it should be because, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it's just it's it's like weird, and it was like, and I was like, and it put me on this rabbit trail, and I was like, I was like, I was like, mildly obsessed, and I I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, okay. So so I did that. Yeah. Again, it's like I want people to watch it because I'm like, this is just weird. Um, I don't know how kid friendly it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. now I was watching it with my like five month old perched on me, (laughs) but he wasn't really watching it. Right, right, sleeping through most of it. Um. So there's that. But as far as games go, like it's the usual Marvel Snap and Destiny Two, playing a good bit of them. I did install. Uh, snap on my shiny new pc or laptop here oh and so i've been playing that on uh laptop a little bit and uh mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's marvel snap it doesn't <laughs> it's like it's it plays a little there's like a, a deck tracker thing tool that i use now um that tells me okay what cards i i have and what cards i've played and all that stuff um so there's that uh but I also sort of and I haven't made any progress on like my backlog drafted games, but okay. I did fire up um Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Um, and I had at like at one, some point in time after I got like I had bought a P the when when Micah got his PS5 I had bought his physical copy of Ghost of Shush- Tsushima off him. Okay. Okay. Right? Because mm-hmm. he had like the steelbook fancy collector's edition. Nice. There. So I was like, yeah, yeah dude, I want that. Um, so I bought that. And then when the upgrade, and I may have not included this in sort of a, a beatdown score because sometimes I, my memory is not perfect. And if I don't mm-hmm. remember, anyways, at some sure. point in time, I picked up there's the the Iki Island um PS5 upgrade. So it's like thirty bucks, I think, you know, when I priced it out. Like, Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I don't remember buying this. When did I buy this? And then I was like looking at it, I was like, well, it was 30 bucks. So I maybe I got it on sale or something. I don't know. Or, but because I was I was actually thinking about doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I kind of wanted to play this game. There's a PS5 upgrade. You have to pay for that. I was like, okay, and then I started like digging around. I was like, oh, I actually have that. Okay, cool. um <laughs> Anyways, um, I've started playing Ghost of Tsushima, like in the last couple of days, and I love it. Mm. I am kind of like, it's so one. It it's it's scratching that open world sort of Ubisoft check off the boxes kind of game but okay. it's doing it and and these are not new thoughts like anybody who's kind of talked about this game and played this game has pretty much said exactly what I'm about to say that it's one of those like it's that but better um okay. the UI the actual presentation like all of the bits and pieces uh like even sort of like so like an example is like the wind Basically on your map, you sort of you, you pin a target and then you can swipe up on the touchpad and the wind will act as your golden path. And so you'll sort of see like the wind blowing. And if you ever sort of need to know where you're going in the game, like for your next objective, it's like, just follow the wind. So that's really cool. There's just like a lot of really, like, I think the term is diegetic gameplay, where there's a lot of stuff where they incorporate like these sort of tools and everything, but they do it in a way that is natural to the game. And diegetic, I think diegetic might be the right word, but okay. I'm, I'm not 100%. But it's like the way that they do it doesn't break, like, because like normally you get like the golden trail. Like, you know, it's like, I, I need to go here and you get the big arrow on the screen or you get the golden yeah. path or whatever. And this way, it's just like, just, you just look, you look at some, some plants. You can, if, if it, the wind's not blowing enough, you can just swipe up on the touchpad and you get like gusts and you can sort of like see gusts of, you know, it's got like the wispy wind or whatever gusts, you know, but it's, it's cool. And I'm like, I, something as dumb as that like, mm. and it's not dumb. It's, it's actually brilliant. It's freaking the, the user interface people, like designers in this game, top shelf. Like this is, but it, and it's just like, even the actual presentation, like it hides the HUD all the time until you actually need Okay. It. Nice. Like, so like like if I'm changing stances, because there are different stances for dealing with different types of enemies that you unlock and all that stuff. If I'm changing stances and I hit that button, it'll pop, that that little thing will pop up long enough for me to like see, okay, like I'm in stone stance or I'm in wind stance or I'm in river stance or I'm in whatever. Um, or like if I'm changing weapons, same thing. But then as soon as you're done, it goes away. Like, and it's, so you have this very like, Cinematic kind of experience the entire time with very little interruption, visually. Like, it's just it's th- there are so many things where it's like the H- there's not a million HUDs, there's no map on the screen, there's it's just like you're just playing the game and like it has all these like built in like systems that are just very smart, very elegant, and it's kind of like playing through a Kurosawa film where yeah. it's like, now, and that's, there's a Kurosawa mode, but I'm like, I'm okay. kind of of the mindset. that's like, listen, uh, the grainy black and white stuff. That's like a little too art house for me. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I'll never go down that road, but the game's got like great colors. And okay. Like great visual. I'm like, dude, like, pff, like I'll, I'll just keep playing. It's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, And it's got a fairly good story with lots of different threads, sort of like I don't know, man. Like I'm really liking this game. I, it's like one of those things. I kind of knew that I would. Mm -hmm. I just said, like, "Eh, I'll get around to it when I get around to it. Well, now I'm getting around to it, and it's freaking rad. I'm like, it's not game of the year, rad. Mm-hmm. It, might, it might be actually I, i'm not done with it yet. so <laughs> nice um but i'm i'm enjoy like it's good combat like great presentation good like cool music like dude sometimes it does like so it's got like a lot of the japanese sort of like st- style music but then the entire mm-hmm. premise of the game is like you're dealing with an invasion of by the huns and so there's like every once in a while, like if you're in a a hunt encampment or whatever, you'll get like the that weird throat warbling thing they do, and the weird, like yeah, it's hmm. sound design's awesome.
2: Nice game,
0: games, game is top shelf. Like it's uh, as it currently stands, it's a very strong should play. But uh, I haven't beaten anything. I haven't picked okay. up anything, although I do have a little bit of birthday money and I might burn that on Diablo. I'm probably going to burn that on Diablo 4. Gotcha. Um, kids. Uh I love me some Diablo. Um but I haven't pulled the trigger. Like my brother was actually asking me today. He was like you you pick it up yet? And I was like dude, it's not coming out till June. He was like that's like 5 weeks away. I was like I'm good. Like <laughs> I'm okay, man. Like like I'll get it. Yeah. I think he mm-hmm. he I think he, he thinks that I'm gonna be like day one and and I, I probably am. So <laughs> I mean, you know. But I want to I want to try and cause I still have uh uh echoes, um Lynx Awakening and uh Metroid Dread to sort of like chew through. And so I do mm-hmm. need to focus on those. But it's gonna be I real see. hard to rip myself away from ghosts mm-hmm. um, to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah that's what i've been playing like i said there's no update to my score so i still i think i'm at negative three or positive three rather not negative okay um i think that's where i've been for a while but uh you know speaking of the backlog beatdown it's time for us to talk about the official app of the backlog beatdown that's the gg app um the GG app, if you aren't aware, um, if this is the first time you've ever heard me talk about it here and, and give my little spiel, it's a letterbox style app developed uh, for keeping track of your game collection. And it's developed by our friend, Charles Watson. Um, and it's got a lot of really cool features. Uh, you can create custom lists. You can rate and review games. Um, mm-hmm. You can like you can populate a friends list, and they'll you'll see what they're into, what they're playing, what they've left reviews on. Um, you know, what what else is in there? I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Like there's you can sort of categorize name or games by. You, you, well, he's I think the the actual wish list feature is in mm-hmm. beta. Okay. And I think well you and I are both subscribers to the elite tier. Um so are you part of the early access thing? I I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. No, I'm not. You dun fool. dun 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 and anyways. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh but but he's he's constantly adding new features. Um he's he's actually in the process of sort of creating his own database, um, instead of, I think he, he had a, he, he was like basically paying to use somebody else's database or a different gotcha. services yeah. database. Uh, at some point in time, he wants to add in a how long to beat like feature.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, um, and you know, I, we mentioned the, the elite tier for five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year. Um, you can join the elite tier and again that gets you early access to the different beta builds so when he adds a feature basically the the elite tier um members act as sort of like the beta testing crowd uh you know they also have a lot more access to him and they they get to sort of like ask questions and provide feedback and help in a lot of ways like kind of shape the app in, in a lot of ways uh he's got a roadmap mm-hmm. and he's got a bunch of stuff that he's sort of rolling out like i said uh but we like the app we like charles and mm-hmm. uh we think you ought to check it out um it, you can check it out for free and if you like it throw him some money other things yeah. that you can throw money at it's uh it's us it's this podcast the backlog breakdown right and uh you know we do have some operating costs like you know to to host it and that's not too bad. You know, we, we like to give, we like to do giveaways and, you know, we, we like to, uh, when we do the, the, our last end of the month episode, Mm -hmm. Um we always do a a question, a, a listener generated question. And we like to give away a few dollars for each one of those. Um, so yeah, you know, it's like, it helps cover our costs. It helps us to grow the podcast. Um, and, You know, in a lot of ways, we don't want to force we don't want anybody to feel obligated to do this. But if you like the podcast and you've rated and reviewed us and done all the the sharing and caring stuff, and if you haven't done those things, strongly encourage you to do so. But if you like the podcast and you want to go a little bit above and beyond, the best way to do it is with the Patreon. And being a patron actually gets you some perks as well, right? Um, so you get early and uncut access to every episode there's actually a video feed of every ep- it, it is also uncut um for every episode um mm-hmm. and you know in, in there that's available for for our patrons as well uh, you get a little more access to josh and i and there's some patron sort of perks as well like we we talked about these backlog drafted games um We actually, that's a patron sort of exclusive activity that eventually will become an episode once we sort of get a little bit further along down the road there. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to that though, each patron gets to nominate a game for us to play and they can come on an episode and we can talk about that game or they can nominate a topic for us. Um, And again, the, the invitation, if they do that, they are more than welcome to hop on the episode with us uh, for that conversation as well. So yeah. you you want to make us play bag? Well, we haven't really done it yet, but I think like, if you try to make us play some just absolute trash, then might get vetoed. Um, just mm. say, yeah, D- depending, especially if it was, if it's really long trash, yeah. uh, really long yeah, trash. No, not, we not have up for that can't abide really long trash. <laughs> um, we're not referencing anything specific at all. No. 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 <laughs> no that's, I, I just don't want to play a really long turd. No. Um, but um, in addition to that, you know, we are proud members of the Playwall Network alongside our friends, the artist currently known as Techno Funk Boy, our buddy Paul Lytle, and our other buddy, Wesley Ray, the Henshin Dad himself, who I have given, he has been showered with. You know, um, what is the 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 term I'm looking for? It's like nicknames, uh, nicknames. But there's there's a more specific. It's Monikers? basically like terms of affections. Ah, um yes, those. And I can't. There's a very specific. Anyways. Man, this is such good radio. Much wow. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we love those guys. Uh, We love the content that they they create. Paul does a lot of actual play podcasts, um, Mm -hmm. including Dyson Drury, which is the only actual play podcast that I listen to with any consistency. Um, There you go. And then Wes, he's also, well, Paul has also done some retro, uh, the Retro Zoo Super Show and the Retro Station. Did I get that? Was it the Retro Zoo? Zoo Super. I mean, it's been a while since, mm-hmm. but the, like right. he doesn't do those anymore, but they are fun listens and we actually were on a couple of those episodes with him. Um too. Mm. So that that's fun. If you want to if you want to go digging, there's a I'm sure there's something in there for someone. Uh but Wes does uh obviously, he's the Henshin dad. So he does a podcast uh called The Henshin Dad all about tokusatsu Toku Satsu, I am talking so good right now. And they talk pretty someday. Um, but if you like Sentai, if you like Ultraman, if you like that kind of thing, uh, Wes has probably got an episode somewhere in there for you. I, he mm-hmm. did talk a good bit about Ultraman towards uh the towards the the end of the most current run. Um, but he's he's also talked a lot about Sentai and his different like Sentai. Collections. Uh, they're not toys. They're not dolls, Wes. They're a- they're posable action <laughs> figures. Um, they're collectibles. Mm-hmm. That and uh, he's also started something not too long ago called retronym which is sort of a video game retrospective, nostalgia kind of podcast, and it's been pretty enjoyable. Uh, but like mm-hmm. his, the the important part is we like those guys. We like what they're doing, and we think you ought to check out some of their stuff. And that being said, here's a word from one of them. Do you think that this is like a really close-up shot of two small crabs? Or were those really big crabs? How do you know they're even real? They're imaginary crabs. Jimpleton, please tell me we can go look for imaginary crabs. Can we? How would you look for something that's imaginary? Oh, that's the best thing to look for. War has come to Krenn. A war building for centuries as dragons and gods drift into myth and legend. This is the war that will bring an end to it all, or restore what was lost for good. Dragonlance, the Thorns of War, is an actual play Dungeons of Dragons podcast. Available everywhere in May. Subscribe today. And we're back! Hey, so, we're back! We're back! We're back! We, did you miss us? Mm, um, it's that time again. No, listen! Stop being so grabby! <laughs> like, stop it! We're okay. So we're gonna be. We're it's, only. It's we're a, only grabbing one thing today. Two things. That's bags. Well, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. 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 We're not grabbing bags. The grab bag is is. Anyways. Oh my gosh! Um, so grabbing things out of bags. Uh, so yeah, there's no things. bags. So two. It's, oh, this is a figure of speech, my friend.
1: Right. Um, but the so, ideas that are in the bags are what we're grabbing. We're there, grabbing there's the bull no by ba- the horns. <laughs> this is.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna grab my beard and pull it all out. Um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, so what we're going to be talking about tonight is that each one of us is bringing a topic to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a bag. We didn't talk about these topics prior to really recording. Um, we sort of sprang these on each other last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we're each going to bring a topic. And Josh, in the spirit of just sort of whatever, because I think mm-hmm. knowing your topic and knowing mine, yours is going to be probably the more interesting of the two and if people just tune out for mine at the end that'll be fine (laughs) if you say so
1: but uh, so here's the deal is that this was actually it did not come from me it wasn't purely oh this is how it relates to video games and this is a great idea for the podcast no this was um from a patron uh who had kind of thrown it out there and i can't remember in what context it's probably on discord it could have even been a DM through Discord. I, I don't quite remember. But Wes, uh, you know, he's great patron, Henshin Dad himself, um, he had thrown out at one time, it would be an interesting conversation to talk about AI, and uh, in particular, AI art. And that kind of got the wheels turning a little bit. You know, we talked a little bit back and forth. So it must have been a, a DM um so i had some initial thoughts but that one's kind of been sitting in the back of my mind it's like okay well how does that relate to video games what is that you know is that really something for the podcast but at the same time you know we both are fans of 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 art video games is art as well but but in general uh we we have an artistic bend whether you know for me it's primarily music and and for nate it's It's actual, (laughs) I say actual, not that it's less art in
0: one way or the other, but um, more visual arts. I I was going to say, I tend, I do drift towards the the visual side of things.
2: mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And, and, but obviously they're, they're very much related. So this idea of,
1: of AI and artwork, it would be fun to just tackle. So, so when you threw out, you know, let's do a a grab bag episode, let's just, just pick a random topic. I thought that was perfect because it's not necessarily that I have thoughts, even, um, even thoughts that, that are fully formed yet, but it's something that we can talk about for a little while. And, you know, it's not really a, a full episode topic. Um, but with the rise of something like in particular chat GPT, but even more so um, with with visual AI, you know, the, these, um, I, I can't think of the proper terms, but these these AI bots that are creating artwork depending on, you know, your, um, your prompts. You, well, you, you, like you put
0: in the prompts and then mm-hmm. it goes and it spits out a whole bunch of stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the big one? Like mid foundry or something. What's it called? I, I have don't not,
0: I have not paid any attention ah, to any of it. Like okay. I've used, I used like one or two, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that they're all just like, you know, it's all just farming data so that, you know, like it's, it's basically, it's like, I'm pretty sure that it's just farming, like my facial recognition stuff so that it can take over my. Oh
1: yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for your own like personal profile. But yeah, I haven't gotten that far. I've been interested because I'm like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. would be cool. I've seen people with Pixar avatars, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that have done that. And I'm like, that would be cool. That would be, that would be fun to see. But I agree. I'm not, even for the one that, that like ages you, you know, a few years ago that was pretty popular. I didn't jump on that train either for the same reason. I did
0: kind of kick myself for doing it. Cause like in, in hindsight, well, it's like we we were talking and it's like, it's like I, I have all of my passwords written down on okay. a, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I do a lot of like, you know, even with like the, the transferring. So like from all the, the, the stuff from my old laptop onto the new one, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just like, like, like either written down passwords or manual like trans like looking at my old saved password and inputting it into the new laptop because i'm like mm. i don't like having that stuff digitally available even with like the the really crazy encryption on like iphones and everything else i just don't i just don't trust any of it mm. and okay. uh, which okay. is yeah you know I know, I know. That's like very tin hat for me. Like very like <laughs> tinfoil hat kinda. But it's just like it comes back to the 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 entire approach to like social media, right? They're like, it mm-hmm. doesn't cost you anything. And I'm like, it doesn't cost you anything because you are the product. Right. Like yeah. that's they're how they selling money. your data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's yep. that's why it doesn't cost you anything. Right. They're selling your data and they're, you know, basically just advertising to you.
1: Right. Right. So, so they want you to interact more. They want you to say more about yourself so that they can Mm -hmm. learn who you are and what kind of things um, you would be interested in so that they can market those things towards you. Yes, Right. Um, And is it so bringing it back to AI? Yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's probably something there with AI in general because it's at, I say at its infancy, it's at its public infancy right now you know, with the release of things like ChatGPT and these, these different um, visual artwork models and things like that. But you have to... Okay, so let's take a second and bring it over into video games. If we understand where AI is right now and where it's going, the way that it works, like you had mentioned, is it, it basically has... It, it's a learning model, so it has a database of information in the case of ChatGPT, it, it basically has the internet <laughs> that mm-hmm. it scours that it has learned from up to a certain point. So it doesn't do, um, you know, it doesn't do uh, main. Uh, excuse me, current events. It doesn't do videos right now. It's not like searching through YouTube to find answers because there Chat
0: ChatGPT doesn't, but right, there are right. some AI tools that do video that can do. Okay, okay. Yeah. So so it has this set database and it spits
1: out answers um, in a way that has that seems to have that mimics a personality um, depending on the way that you talk to it and the way that you request Mm -hmm. things from it. Uh, So AI is not; it it is a learning model. It is not that the AI itself has any kind of you know sentience or 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 learning. It simply takes information that it has you know, scanned effectively, and then translates it in a way that is depending on the way that it talks. I listened to an episode of a podcast that talked about the pomposity of chat GPT and the way that it speaks in the tone that it speaks with. Now, of course, you can tell it to speak in different tones, and it may be able to mimic those things. But um, anyways, all that to say, is that that that's the way that ai currently works um and so that's that when you think about visual arts that's what it does as well is it takes kind of the distinctives of its database which can you know no one really knows where um is this is this just every you know uh, is it all artwork Mm -hmm. that's posted on the internet (laughs) i mean in in some ways like you see possibly yeah possibly yeah um, and that's, that's kind of the, the scary kind of implications of it, but, but as it relates to, and as it pertains to video games in general, so I can, you can imagine the way that AI would be helpful for developer to,
0: well, um, produce things. things. Yeah, To a certain extent, we're already seeing, we, we've already seen some of the fruits of this, like procedural mm-hmm. generation mm-hmm. is an AI type tool. Yeah. Um, it's you. This, this sort of the the tool is given prompts, and it creates three mm-hmm. D models, or however you know whatever works in the engine, or how you know however it works. But it creates these off of basically just a series of prompts,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the, I mean, so procedural generation is basically, and tons of games have proc gen now, right? Tons right tons and tons and tons like you know all of the the roguelites and roguelikes that have been coming mm-hmm. out over the last couple of years that's all proc gen that's right. a, a a type of artificial intelligence like i mean so it's like ai in in a sense has been part of video games for even sort of programming personalities and sort of like npcs and things like that very mm-hmm. very very limited ai but it's been present Mm-hmm. You, you know so and it's just a matter of scripting i think the difference though is that the these learning tools these learning systems now are adaptive and so they mm-hmm. add to their database and they right, sort of right. refine it and especially when it comes to sort of like the the more the art ones like the the visual art ones the problem has been okay and so here's the problem a person who who creates a prompt and gets the like even though you're sort of shaping the ai to get a very particular result right Mm -hmm. and there there have been some photos that have been like part of exhibits or paintings or pictures that have been ai generated and have been submitted and i think i just Mm -hmm. read something not too long ago about and a piece of art that won some sort of very distinctive prize and it was just the the artist was actually came out and said like no i did this to prove a point this was generated by ai okay um, okay so that's that's where you're and that there's there is this kind of like weird disconnect especially in the visu- mm-hmm. visual side of things right um and what i will say and again this is just sort of like my personal take i would encourage right i we have friends who have used ai to create cover art for projects, for books, for podcasts, Mm -hmm. for all sorts of stuff. And that's fine. I'm not going to browbeat anyone. And this is even sort of a much more nuanced take than when Josh and I sort of originally ran through some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would really encourage people to do is actually just go find a, a visual artist. A graphic designer or a, a, you know somebody who, who does like digital art and commission something out of them. Now granted, I get it, it's not always financially feasible, but what these engines are doing and what the, what's been demonstrated, and, and this is what I will say, all visual art to a certain extent, um, is, is kind of like stealing um mm-hmm. you're you're using other ideas and other things as reference points and you're building sure. onto that and you're sort of you you're synthesizing right yeah um, I remember yeah. years yeah. and years ago I got a book called steel like an artist and the the entire okay the 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 book the entire premise of the book though was that is that all this it's not like you just like you have this like completely unformed un what what is it's like it's these things don't exist in a void or mm-hmm. a vacuum rather like your your ideas don't they're they're shaped by so many different things and in a lot of ways AI art machines or tools or whatever are sort of doing that process, but they're doing it in a way that's kind of incoherent and actually lacks soul we mm-hmm. We were talking about yeah the sort of like real art. You know, and it's like when you can't distinguish between like digital like AI generated art you know in air quotes and um and and an actual piece of art, right mm-hmm. that's and this is I think really like what part of the problem is with this in general, yeah, is that we're we're in the midst we're having the discussion now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a really loosey goosey definition and understanding of art. And that's fine because art can be kind of loosey goosey and hard to define. Sure. Right. Um, but I do think that art in a lot of ways, you know, when we're talking, especially like painting, like sketching, even like, like using sort of the digital mediums. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's an expression from a human mm-hmm. and so in a way it sort of echoes the ultimate sort of expression from the father it's it's a sub creator kind of expression yeah where we're kind of mimicking God when we draw and not in a bad way and I think the mm-hmm. way that we when we make things when we create things when we do things like we are sort of acting like god and this is what I will say. I, I'm as as far as a positive. I know I've sort of like taken over. I actually think there's a place for AI um, mm-hmm. art art things. Um, yeah. I, I Doug to He's the creator of Earthworm Jim. He's an independent comic okay. guy. Yeah. Um, he has some interesting commentary. I, I don't want to quote him or anything because I'm pretty sure I'd misquote him. But he has some really interesting commentary on AI art. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think he and I would probably land in a very similar space where AI as a tool, as a helper for the artist,
2: mm-hmm. is
0: acceptable. That's, yeah. that's good even. It, and it gives you – because like, you know, you, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to – Alex Ross – um he okay. he's yeah. do yeah. you know who alex ross is yeah the the the, the comic book artist he does right. like those amazing uses reference photos for almost all of his really iconic stuff now that okay. doesn't change like the fact that like he does like the colors and the paints and the sketch and he just makes his absolute these absolutely gorgeous pieces right but he uses reference photos. So he has models or friends or people or whoever pose, and then he creates the picture off that. Now, he also okay. does, he creates like, you know, and he shows that on like his Instagram feed and stuff from time to time. Um, or maybe it's his Twitter feed. Anyways, all I'm saying is that AI is, and, and sometimes I've, I've known artists who just keep like reference books they have sure. books with just like different poses and stuff like that. So they can easily like kind of pick this. Like it's not uncommon and it's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Yeah. And AI, the AI art generators can actually be really useful. Our, our, our buddy Jason, um, who did the original logo for the breakdown, mm-hmm. I think he's as much said that he uses AI to create reference photos for his own work from time to time. And it helps. Nice. And so like that is cool. I think it's when we kind of, and I, and I think there's, there's a lot of concern. Now, I also think there are a lot of people who call themselves artists um, mm-hmm. and think they ought to be paid a lot more than they're actually worth. Um, sure. Yeah. Who are probably yeah. like oh, up, geez. In, up in arms about some of this stuff as well. But right. what right. I will say is that, you know, I've, I've used, these tools before, like I said. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it was more like, oh, this is interesting. Like, what can this thing do? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think there are concerns. And what I would say is as long as, as it's treated as a tool, Mm -hmm. like you're in the clear. I think when it starts taking over the actual work, Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like, that's when you're running into muddy waters at the very best. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, you know, to be fair, the the, that last kind of comparison and and where I'm going to, where I'm going to take this as well, it's kind of comparing like the worst of artists with kind of the best of, of AI right now is that I've, I've known musicians that I have heard have said, and I live in the music capital of the world. So, you know, everyone's a musician here. So I'm, I'm not talking about like popular musician. I'm I'm talking about, you know, people who just play on the weekends and stuff like that. I've, I've heard musicians say that because they work so hard at what they create, they ought to be paid for it. Like with no reference to the, like, like the value is purely in the work that was put into it, not, whether or not it is palatable for anyone else. Well, and what sense. I
0: will say is, sure, that work is valuable and mm-hmm. it has value, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that that value is, it has value as, as being created, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, it doesn't necessitate financial recompense. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um,
1: So, so just to, you know, like back up, but you're, you mentioned that very quickly in, in, when it comes to, to the visual arts. And I was like, oh yes, I know those musicians (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like, because like I ought to be compensated. Twitter
0: Twitter is full, like, and these are people who are significantly better than me. Right. But Twitter is full of graphic artists and visual artists who Mm -hmm. believe that they ought to be making way more money. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like listen, and I'm like, hey, don't work for free if you don't want to. Like, yeah. I'm, and actually, <laughs> I don't advocate working for free, period. Mm-hmm. You know? um, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you want to do it as a favor for a friend or something like that, or, you know, like, there is, like, you know, the working for exposure kind of thing. But, like, as a general rule, like, value your own product.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you know, but... That's, I mean, we're sort of, but yeah, there, there is like the entitled self-righteous artist Yeah, and it's not just visual, but it's like of all stripes. I've, I've met Mm -hmm. people who think that they're like literary geniuses. And then I, and unfortunately like one of them actually, well, I don't know the guy personally, but the idiot who wrote, uh, Ernest Klein is no talent hack. (laughs) Um, he, Oh my goodness has the most overinflated sense of self. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and And that's for the other reason that's because he was paid lots of money. That's because he was like for, Uh, for basically crap. mm -hmm. Um,
1: yeah. For a a cool idea. Um, with, yeah, with garbage writing. Uh, so, mm, so taking, taking these things because I, I, yeah, I think a lot of these things are interesting, but I want to, to kind of guide this a little bit. Um, One of the things that I see the danger, so, so AI art can be compelling in that it can be very aesthetically pleasing. Like you see a picture that is a, that is purely AI generated. Now I say that, I don't know that it can be purely, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but is, is AI generated. It's not that someone actually worked on creating this piece of art, but, but. They were, but the AI was told to create something, and uh, it's completely done by AI. You can you can find some really cool pictures that way, some things that look really cool that you enjoy looking at. That and, and that's what I'm going to categorize as aesthetically pleasing. That it just your initial kind of senses, whether it's the way that it uses colors or or whatever, it's just something about it. Hey, that looks really cool. Um, and AI can do that now what i said that we'd get to later is that there was someone putting in a prompt right so so there had to have been a um there had to have been a human touch in order for that artwork to come about right because someone needed to pump in what those prompts were going to be into the ai and and then from that idea that initial idea so the ai doesn't have an idea of what would be cool It only follows instructions and then creates something out of that. And again, creating by reference creation, but that's okay. human artists create by reference as well. So all that to say is that I do think that AI can create things that are aesthetically pleasing. And I think in the same way um, with video games, when it comes to video games, like you were saying, it can be used to create something fun you know the the you're talking about proc gen in games that has been around for a long time i think of something like um uh what's it rogue legacy you know it uses proc gen and that is a really fun game i really enjoy how's it how it uses randomness and proc gen um, in order to create these new levels, not that they feel all entirely different. Like, no, there's a set. There's set references. There's set limits to where it can go, um, but it can be fun as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying like altogether that that it's a bad thing. But as we kind of tease this out a little bit, and we think, in in you know, obviously both of us, both of your hosts here on this podcast are Christians, and so we also filter this through. a a worldview where we know that there is a creator of all things, right? And he has given us humans his image. And in a way, like, like you had mentioned earlier, in a way, creating art is that, that act of creation is something that God did initially. And it's what we do as humans that no other creature necessarily does, at least in the same way. Um, so, so it is a special thing that we can do. And so, um, while there is a, you know, a fear of, of sentience within AI, you know, we've heard these stories, Terminator things like Skynet, all this stuff about AI having some sort of sentience and, and the ability to make mm-hmm. its own decisions and whether or not that's possible is, is kind of another question. Um, but right now, um, obviously AI has not, gotten that far, but it's gotten pretty good to where it may be able to trick humans in certain ways. Um, but what it can do, this is where I, where I was going with it, is that what it can do is it can create something when it comes to graphic, you know, graphic design or whatever. It can create something that's aesthetically pleasing, but as I'm learning more about art and great mm. art that stood the test of time, art is not just about the aesthetics itself yeah. there's also another layer of meaning that is yeah. placed upon this artwork um and that i think is is kind of where it all snap th- this whole idea of ai snaps into place because now you have this other kind of value to it that again as someone who is uncultured who now has has gone to to youtube to kind of understand these great works of art that have stood the test of time. And now I'm I'm beginning to understand why, like what was the artist saying with this piece? What was the context in which he created this thing? And and what what was he trying to convey? All those things are really interesting. And sometimes I I look at the piece of art and I say, that is pretentious (laughs) because I don't get any of that. I don't enjoy it. And my personal take is that I don't.
0: But yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I know I'm sort of jumping in here. That's okay because I've gone for a while. Well, communication, like mm-hmm. good art. Okay. So all art intends to communicate something. Yes. Right. Yes. How well it does that mm-hmm. uh, and how much skill it delivers that mm-hmm. communique is of varying degrees. And, you know, that's the the difference between a hack and, a master is, mm-hmm. you know, that's sometimes it's, it's hard to sort of like parse that all out. Sure. Um, so there, there's an intent, you mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. I think too, like, and especially what I would say is that good art seeks to reveal um, or capture the transcendent. Like in the, the thing that it, it's, it seeks to teach us more about the reality that we live in. Um, it seeks to sort of good art actually seeks to elevate
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, the, the beholder or the partaker or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that gets called art that may be art in a sort of technical it's someone's trying to communicate an idea. Um, yeah but it's not necessarily good art that it's, it's either what it's saying isn't, is, is rather banal and kind of like not worthwhile or, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is the, the part that AI has no intent. Now, right. The, yep. the person behind I the AI has mm-hmm. intent. Yeah. And so maybe they are like, and maybe AI is sort of can be, Like a lot of these AI generators, you could sort of say, "Well, it's it's my paintbrush," and I'm like, "Man, you are getting into like really weird territory there." Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's that is muddy, rocky waters at best. Yeah. Um, And and again, a lot of this conversation is going to happen later on, but I, you know, like like we're still like we are at the very beginning of this conversation, technologically and culturally. Yeah. Um, and so th- there's going to be a lot of confusion, but yeah, I think the thing is, you know, for the person who creates, because that's what they're meant to do. AI art is not a threat because it doesn't, it's, it's not, it's not going to do like it, it might look cool, but mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't communicate anything. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's purely aesthetic. So yeah. I will admit, yeah, I, as I said it before, I think that AI can create some cool images. And those images might even make you feel th- something, but there is no purpose behind those images. Mm-hmm. Not like There's you said no with the intent. caveat. Yeah, with the caveat that that someone may have have um programmed the AI for certain reasons to display certain things for certain reasons. And that's the intention of the person, you know, prompting the AI, Mm -hmm. but it's not the AI itself. And so it's, it's like, it needs that human touch to have any intention behind it, to have any purpose in what this conveys rather than just a cool, um, a cool, like aesthetically pleasing mix of color, um, which which like has its place in the same way that cotton candy has its place. Like I'm, I'm I don't I want to come off as like, it's completely useless. Like, you know, you, you were talking about some, some ways that people can use AI artwork um, for something like, okay, I'll take this podcast. For example, if we wanted to have custom AI art for every single thumbnail for this, this podcast, I find that to be a, a, you know, for lack of a better term a banal enough way to use it that mm-hmm. i personally wouldn't be offended now now you're much more of a graphic artist than
0: i am so so you might still I don't, have
1: issue with that like
0: i would just say like why do we need a unique thumbnail for every right. episode like yeah. that that would be uh-huh. like my pushback yeah. but it's like hey if you really want to do that that's cool i'm mm-hmm. i'm not going to so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for
1: something like, you know, you mentioned books, you also mentioned album artwork and that got the wheels turning, even as you mentioned it. Cause I'm thinking I have, I've seen a lot of album album artwork for, for albums that I love that I don't like the artwork, you know, like I think it's dumb, but that's me because I don't get it, you know? So if you, again, if you want a cool image, cause that's actually one thing that um now I'm going to double back on that. That's one thing that I've heard is that some some artists are losing money because promoters of of certain like shows like um of uh, uh sorry, concerts that have like flyers that they've, that they've done by AI as opposed to commissioning someone to do their poster for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of something like that, again, to me, it's that, are you simply searching for a cool image to put on a poster? because if so you're kind of like okay you can go with ai to make a cool image but again you're drinking your own poison there because now you are um you are promoting some form of art with something else that is not art that is that is just purely aesthetic so i think you're even saying something with that promotion that you, you don't you're actually care you're for cheap, unethical. Piece well, of Well, yeah, crap. that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but I, I think um, it's
0: it's I'm, communicating. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was that was a little bit <laughs> heavy handed.
1: Sorry. Yes, right. We understand how you feel. Um, but there. Okay, I'll take another another piece of artwork. There, there has been um album artwork that I didn't like until I found out what the artwork meant. So, um, for instance, I'll just say, uh, there, there's a band that I really like called Anne Berlin. They put out an album. Um, oh gosh, why can't I think of, it? is it called Vices? Uh, no, it's not called Vices. I, I don't think so. Um, but anyways, on their, their album artwork, it has a picture of a hand and the hand is crossing its fingers. You know how you kind of cross your fingers behind your back? Looks like mm-hmm. you're lying. Okay. I was thinking of the album Vital and it's not the album Vital. It's the album Lowborn. Um, So it's, it's, it's a a woman's hand and she's crossing her fingers and it just looks strange to me, especially, um, I think it was like the deluxe edition where it's like this, I was going to say a bust of it. Is that the right word? I don't know. Like a little statue of the hand and it looks like a bust is
0: like from the, like sort of like the chest up the specific. Okay. Um,
1: so, but yeah, it's,
0: it's like the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's just, it's a, it's the hand all by itself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's the, the tips of the fingers are like dipped in
1: gold or something like that. So it just looks weird to me and, and a little like mm-hmm. awkward, just, just strange. I didn't get it. Well, I come to find out that that image was actually, you see it in, uh, in again, I, see, I think Renaissance, but I could be wrong about the, the, in that. In that old artwork, it's actually an image um, that, that basically it means that you're a Christian it means that that, mm. that you are a follower of Christ. And so they're they're actually communicating on the album artwork even if they're not, you know, it's not worship songs, it's nothing like that. They're not they're not heavy-handed in in their Christianity in a lot of their music. Sometimes they come out and say it. They they're not denying it certainly, but that was part of the the meaning behind that. And and I even learned, oh, okay, that's what that's kind of what that symbol means like that's actually really cool and it was also you know it was the band's last album before they went before they broke up so they were kind of like saying like this is what we want to be known for you know so so there's so much meaning behind something like that even if i didn't find it aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. that if you just created something with ai simply to look cool to put on store shelves
0: to sell like
1: there's there's something lost it's, when you
0: well, do it's something like that. It's devoid of any meaning. Exactly. And I think that's exactly. the, the, the problem, though, is like, and sort of like what we're hitting on is and why it's such an issue is because culturally, so many people really looking cool is enough. Yeah. And they're devoid yeah. of any further meaning. Like, yeah. that's really... It's actually kind of an interesting comment like this whole thing is an interesting uh-huh. commentary on the the sort of the the vacuous and vapid nature of uh at least at the very least uh western civilization yeah yeah yes exactly exactly I'm, uh, i think, I'm not saying that there aren't problems with other civilizations. I'm just saying <laughs> I exist in this context <laughs> and
1: I see it here yes exactly. i think I think that's a fantastic like place to kind of wind down, the last place that I want to go is flipping that into video games. And the more that I think about this as it relates to video games is that I I think, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier is that I, I can totally see how AI can be used as a very helpful tool when creating video games. But when it comes to games, like if you could possibly create a game with a prompt and an AI creates the game, It may be, again, that kind of cotton candy. It may be a, I I don't mean to throw shade at this, but something like a Flappy Bird. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be something like a Candy Crush, um, where you have this game that is fun to play on its surface, like a a fun time waster, but something that would not have the intention and meaning behind it. You know, as I thought about it, some of my favorite games, um, Mega Man X, the very first level teaches you how to play the game simply by the way that the enemies are placed, the way they come at you, the way that you need to tackle the, just the initial mm-hmm. opening of the first level. It teaches you how to play it. Super Mario Brothers on NES does the same thing. It teaches you how to play the game by introducing concepts gradually so that you will get better. It recognizes that it's being played by a person. And so you know the people who created this game, I'm tempted to say Miyamoto, could have been someone else, you know, behind Miyamoto, or excuse me, doing it instead of me. Regardless, these people created these levels with intention to teach you how to play the game. AI can never do that. It can't. Yeah. It can't. It can't speak to the player. Um, and then you think of like some of our favorite games. Like these games cannot be created, and the reason we love them: A Shadow of the Colossus cannot be created by AI because AI would not understand how to. Speak to a person, and if it did, it wouldn't have anything to say.
0: Well, so. and you know what's what's interesting um, is that we've actually seen AI, and I, I had I didn't think about this, but we've seen AI used in games fairly recently. The okay. uh, Grand Theft Auto remaster that came out like Ooh. within the last year, <laughs> the one that absolutely bombed. Yeah, it was because AI was used to sort of like kind of do a lot of like the heavy lifting and it mm. heavy lifted that thing straight into a dumpster. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, and now granted the tools are getting more sophisticated right? and, sure. and our understanding and, and our ability to apply them are getting a little more sophisticated, but still. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I think that the point is like when when it's used as the thing mm-hmm. versus a supplement to the thing is when you have sort of like dipped into basically pointlessness. Yeah. Like it's like it, that shouldn't, that, that should never be our option. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to bring up a, uh, you, you said that AI art doesn't really make you feel anything. Mm-hmm. I would beg to differ. Uh Okay. There's an incredibly cursed image um, <laughs> generated by AI. And I, it's, but look up L O A B, Loeb. Okay. Uh, she is horrific. Nice. Um, nice.
1: Well, there, she's there's also,
0: also, I'm pretty sure she's like an urban legend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, oof some of them are not, they're they're all gross. Some of them are way more gross than others. Oh, Oh, that is, that is, when you read the, the, the origin story, like sometime when you get like a minute, read the Mm -hmm. orange origin story of Loeb. It's uh, a very, it was a dude playing with like AI prompts and like doing like some pretty extreme kind of stuff. And he stumbled onto that freakish thing
1: yeah i I don't like this (laughs) i don't like this at all
0: it's very unsettling it makes me feel things mostly (laughs) Mm -hmm. uncomfortable um like i'm probably gonna die in my sleep
1: Um, i don't
0: i don't i was playing with it
1: one time and i've only done the free you know art generators i know there's oh gosh there's lots of crazy ones um i know there's um there's ones that are that are better if you pay for them and I just have not paid for any of them. Um, but I did one that was, um, I I shared in the discord because they were talking about, uh, if, if Jordan Peterson could analyze persona five and I just, I popped that into a AI art generator and it came back with a really funny image that, because it just doesn't look human, you know, but Mm. anyways, anyways I, I well, think that's enough about AI I, yeah
0: I think, yeah, I think that, that's practically almost a topic in and of itself yeah it, there so. was more there than I kind of initially expected yeah that, that we are really good at being bad at brevity mmm <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one day Nate talked pretty not today someday today not that day mm-hmm. um but tonight not that night um <laughs> So my topic and what I'm going to bring to the table here is something that is not nearly as intellectually stimulating. It is a little more like current events kind of thing. And uh, as of today, like, so we're recording, when we started recording, it was May 4th. It is no Mm, longer May 4th. That's true. Um, It is now Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it that's is. problematic. I probably shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> I'm racist. I'm not offended.
1: Even none of me is offended. Not even half of me.
0: Not even half of you. Well, mm-hmm. that Mexican uh, half
1: is not offended.
0: If I did offend anyone with that, I'm I'm deeply apologetic, and mm. I, I'm very contrite. Um, and I mean that with all sincerity. And there's not a, a shred of facetiousness in in, in me. Ah <laughs> ha. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Dude, you're making it worse. I'm half Mexican, <laughs> dude. I can do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so what well, what we're gonna take what I want to take a couple minutes about is uh as of today, or as of May 4th, uh a, an interview with kind of funny came out and Phil Spe- mm-hmm. Phil Spencer, uh like the big the big man when it comes to Xbox gaming went on this yep. to address some things and i think uh you know some of it was redfall uh the the recent absolute dumpster fire that is redfall um and i in full disclosure uh i have not listened to the entirety of the episode i've okay. i've listened to clips i've been meaning to i i meant to all day to sit down and sort of listen to it but there were a few statements he made that i just felt were like not entirely and i'm going to be paraphrasing right okay um and i'm gonna but he he basically kind of made kind of made this argument at one point in time and this is the one that's making the big rounds and i want to take a beat on this for a minute here um but he basically said that Customers are already entrenched in their ecosystems. And Mm -hmm. even if Xbox made a bunch of great games, that wouldn't solve all their problems. And he's not wrong in the sense that if Xbox made a bunch of great games, it would solve all their problems. It would not. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) it would be much better than their current sort of state. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not even saying that he was intending that, that to be, understood or said that way what i'm saying what what i'm saying is that dude the the problem phil is that you guys are making crap games mm. and you, like you, you know i had a conversation and again talking with you know friends of the show uh micah uh and and my buddy parker and I, you know talking with both of them about this cuz when this stuff happens, those two are the guys that I, I call to talk about it with. <laughs> like, It's just like, you know, we, nice. we, we nerd out in very special ways. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why I like having them on an episode together because it's like, we're all coming at this from very different ways, but we have uh, similar interests just coming from different angles. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, It's a, it's a neat little cross section in my, in my, opinion
2: mm-hmm.
0: but the one thing i want to say is like and and i do not like you know the last bite-sized i did i kind of ripped on microsoft a little bit and i said you know i it's not that i like being up on microsoft they just make it so stinking easy <laughs> um and i'm actually kind of like at a point with microsoft where i'm starting to feel kind of bad um hmm not not for the the trillion dollar company <laughs> i'm starting to feel bad for the people and, and the, guys and i'm i'm this for real i am not trying to be condescending or anything i am really starting to feel bad for xbox customers and xbox devotees um hmm. like the 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 fan base in there and this is what i will say is that i i really feel like the last couple of gens of xbox has from my angle and this is somebody who who came up like the 360 was part of like my re a, a massive reintroduction into gaming for me like i mm-hmm. i played i loved video games but the 360 was like was probably one of the most influential consoles outside of the Nintendo entertainment system the 360 was probably for, like one of my major like return to form kind of things like i played yeah. tons of stuff on my 360 uh dead space i originally played mm. dead space on my 360 nice i you know like that's one of my favorite games of all time uh, alan wake you know another game that i i have an an, an insane amount of affection for mm-hmm. 360 like uh bastion there was a whole bunch of xbox live arcade games that i was exposed to all through the 360 so i when i i'm saying this as someone who has really and yes i kind of rant and rave about game pass what i will say is that the reason i don't like this is because and and I've, i've had problems putting my finger on it at times is that it's freaking band-aids on the actual problem. And the actual problem <laughs> is that Microsoft, in my opinion, okay, and this is just Microsoft or Xbox rather, Microsoft has a corporate identity. It's uh, evil overlords bent on world domination. Um, <laughs> Xbox, on the other hand, doesn't have a corporate personality. They they don't have, I don't know that that even the people, I think, so much of what Xbox does just feels desperate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It feels reactionary, and and again, yeah. I do I do kind of feel bad for Xbox at this point in time, just because like they are just getting their cans, they're they, like they are getting their tails handed to them. Mm-hmm. Projected like estimated sales place PS five units at at least at close to a two to one sort of, you know um in placement like yeah I basically P- the, they there're twice as many close to twice as many PS5s in the wild as there are Series S and X right wow, wow. um and it's and PS5 was notably much more constrained earlier on with like chip shortages mm-hmm. and everything else right so it is having a massive resurgence and upswing um and I I like to bag on Game Pass, right? I I I love to bag on the best value in gaming, TM, because mm-hmm. it's easy. Sure, because and I think with the release of Redfall, and then even sort of like again, sort of going the Ghostwire Tokyo sort of snafu there, and the the problems that it's having on, and again, it was buggy on PS Five, so but it's like it's apparently buggier on Series uh x and it's almost uh, i i saw one tweet or one sort of article which basically said it's nearly unplayable on series s okay not to say that it's actually unplayable but like it, its performance is just absolute dog water um mm. on series s and i wow. think here, here's and, and i say all this right not to beat up but like I If I could sit like, and, and I told Josh, like, there's a part of me that had a very angry reaction the first couple of times I, I heard about and thought about that 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 statement, because if I'm sitting at that table, and for all intents and purposes, I've heard that the kind of funny staff, like the kind of funny dudes, actually interviewing Phil, did a bang up job, like, like, okay, which is kind of surprising to me because they're a bunch of inept morons, but <laughs> for the most part. I was thinking, just because games journal, uh,
1: journalism in general doesn't usually ask hard questions, but they apparently want that
0: access <laughs> they they really they kind of like put the screws to Phil a little bit. Uh, and okay. again, I haven't seen the entirety of it or yeah. anything. Yeah, but like Phil's comment just feels incredibly tone deaf. Um, and he, I think he did apologize for the 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 state of the the Redfall release and everything else, but this okay. whole like. Almost it's almost like we don't need great games, no, Phil, you absolutely do need great games. This is the yeah. problem. Why did this you is, buy studios if why if did you, you don't buy studios? yeah, that, exactly like that doesn't make if you, make s- that, if that you don't need great games to compete if you don't like the the problem is they they've been trying to leverage game Pass, and there's so much like dude, I have so many frustrations about Microsoft, like they've got the mm-hmm. big swinging money bags. Like, money bags like kind of like big big dude on campus best value in gaming most powerful console We're microsoft right and then it's like the abk stuff it's like oh we suck we can't make anything good this is why we need abk so that we can be competitive and blah 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 and then it's like and then and it's this and it's like dude there's so much mixed messaging and weirdness and posturing with all of this. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say like, dude, like get your house in freaking order yeah. because like, I'm going to like full disclosure. I want to see Microsoft succeed. Mm. Not because I, I really like the model. I I'm very nervous about what, I like I like Game Pass and I like PlayStation Extra or PlayStation Plus Extra, which is a very cumbersome name. PlayStation, you gotta <laughs> do something about that. Um But I think I like them in the sense that like they let me they they are basically I pay so that I can sort of check all this stuff out and if I actually want it, then I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, I lets me and and I don't use it a whole lot because I just end up finding the things I like and buying it. But I like the potential that these services offer. I think yeah. the problem is that Microsoft, this was going to be their way to sort of like take back giant chunks of the market and it's not mm-hmm. working. And it's mm-hmm. not working and it's not working and it's not working. And it's not working because your first party titles for the most part kind of suck. And yes, you had a year where you were the best publisher on Metacritic for that year, you know, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is that the numbers are pretty damning here and I'm not trying to be too inflammatory or whatever. You guys got to do something. And, you know, I was talking with Parker and with Micah both. And I said it to both of them, I'm pretty sure someone is like people further on up. And I don't think Phil Spencer is immune from this at this point in time. Like even with all like the cool, uncle vibes that he throws out, somebody's head is gonna roll. Mm. There are going to be people who who can and probably should lose their jobs over just the absolute mismanagement this and the, and so I'll come back to this. The reason I want to see Microsoft succeed is not because I have concerns, I you know, or questions or I wanna see them succeed because I actually believe in competition. Yeah. And I think that the thing is Nintendo knows where it belongs in the market, and they do the thing that Mm -hmm. Nintendo does. Sony is sort of much further down the road than Microsoft in sort of Discovery, and they are becoming kind of like the art house, like the the big and when I say art house, I mean like almost like the pretentious films. Like I I look at like the last of us as like sort of an art house game where it's like, it's a little up its own rear end. I I was trying to think of
1: which, which ones, because like, I mean, that's not really art house. No, that's, that's just
0: big budget spectacle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But But you're right.
1: That in like Kojima.
0: Yeah. And Kojima is like great for that. Like dude. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, Sony is like their sort of like brand identity is like, we ooze better than everyone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like the energy we throw out. Like, it's a Sony game. So, it's going to come out. It's going to run. It's going to have a 60 frames a second mode. It's going to be pretty. The production per square inch is going to be like out the wazoo. These things cost a ton of money to make, but they look awesome. They play well. They're just certified bangers. Right. Nintendo is like, we make the most fun games on the face of the planet. Like, yeah. And Microsoft is over here with us. Yeah. It's family console. Yeah. It's you. Well, they actually, you can get some pretty racy titles on the switch. You
1: can, but they're not, they're not marketed. Sure. If you look around, you can. Yes, you're right. But I'm saying the way that they present themselves is more fun for the whole family. Go watch the Super Mario Brothers movie and come back with your Switch and buy your games. And that's that's the
0: vibe that they throw off. And I think that's it's
1: it's but and then Microsoft is they also put out Bayonetta 3. Okay. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not it's not that it's marketed.
0: And and I'm just coming back to it. And I think like the problem is Microsoft doesn't know who they are and they need to figure that out. Yeah. And I think like honestly they have the talent and the studios in-house at this point in time Mm -hmm. that they could really put a dent in the market. Mm-hmm. but they have to get serious and they have to just like i don't know like i said i i'm just kind of like at a point where i'm like i'm sick and tired it's like it's almost like i want them to stick around because i think i like having nintendo and sony both be a little nervous cuz mm-hmm. like yeah, listen for sure nintendo is a lot less nervous than sony because mm-hmm. like Nintendo's like I'm just gonna do me, man. Like yeah, and right. you know I think in a lot of ways Xbox, their direct competition is with with PlayStation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't know. Like I just it's it's one of those things. Like I guess what I would say is like the entirety of that is like the, this whole like, well you know great games isn't gonna solve the problem. No, it's not gonna solve the problem but it is a major step towards correcting it like yeah
1: i i feel like there has to be something lost in translation there of like maybe there's some sort of context that i am just missing from that quote i mean because maybe. i don't like what else is there then do you know what i mean like what and and you brought this up earlier is that is that Xbox as a brand doesn't feel like it has an identity. It's jumped around. And if, as you, as you predict, that heads are going to roll because they're just not doing that well, this gen, um, so far, then wouldn't that bring about another identity shift? Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's it feels like it's still going to be in limbo. And why would Phil say something like that? Like, is if he's purely and this is what it feels like. It feels like he's just he's purely trying to deflect the fact that their first party titles have been lackluster. Well, pretty much across yeah. the board.
0: Well, and um, so the the quote is um, so, and I, I'm pull I pull this from Game Rant right so yeah. it's like Uh Xbox Phil Spencer disagrees with the sentiment that if you just build great games everything would turn around for Microsoft's gaming brand and more to the point argues that Xbox is not trying to out console PlayStation or Nintendo to begin with no but like I, th- I think it's like great games alone is not going to just automatically like fix everything. It's not going to turn the, the, cause like there's this whole thing about like, well, everybody's established in their ecosystems. The problem is that Phil, you guys aren't making great games with any sort of consistency and you've gobbled up all these studios and all this talent with that promise Mm -hmm. and you're not delivering. That's the problem. That's the problem. Mm hmm.
1: If they were to put out an absolutely immaculate Halo game, you would sell some consoles for that. People would want to play mm-hmm. a, a fantastic Halo game. But and I agree. To be fair, Infinite's
0: wouldn't... single player campaign is supposed to be awesome.
1: Okay, great. I've heard some lackluster things about the game in general, uh, or excuse me, I've heard some vague things that the game in general is lackluster that's that's whatever i don't know specifics um but i know it's it doesn't seem to be what everyone wanted from it but if you were to put out you know like a, a, a 95 score on on open critic halo like if elden ring was uh, an xbox exclusive that would sell some consoles but i agree it wouldn't completely turn the tide. it wouldn't bring them up you know ahead of another company i agree with that but in a world where your direct competitors have so many exclusives and you are only giving non-exclusive games like then there is absolutely no incentive to go with you over your competitors especially when you have these multi-platform games that don't run as well on the xbox platform do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand what he's trying to communicate with that outside of just deflecting the fact that, that a lot of their games have been lackluster. And part of that, frankly, is because um, they, have, they haven't put out series games yet. You know, they, they put it on the Xbox platform, which includes Xbox One, you know, and Game Pass and like all these different ways to play it. So then mm-hmm. what's the point in buying the new console? Especially if the game itself won't even run well. In the case of something like Redfall, where it's announced that it's the 60 FPS version isn't even going to come out when the game comes out. So then what what do you have this this powerful console for? There are just so many like I I don't understand any of this. I don't. I so there, don't. Understand there's a lot of on.
0: problems with all of that. But and this is a lot of people. There has been some pushback where people okay. are like, well, where are Sony's games this year? And this is what I'm just. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to say. Like some of these, we don't have hard dates. Um, mm-hmm. Marvel Spider-Man Two, I think, has been confirmed for later this year. Okay, that like it was leaked. Uh, it's, I I. But I think if I remember her, it's like. September ish. Uh, okay. Last of Us Factions, it's the multiplayer sort of Last of Us game. Mm-hmm. It's slated for some time this year. Um, Wolverine, no way. Uh, but Horizon Call of the Mountain came out. And granted, that's not sure. like a certified banger, mm-hmm. but it did well. It's a good game. It's a pretty solid piece of uh, VR tech. Um, oh, Call of the Mountain. Okay. I was thinking of the DLC. Yeah. No, well, and that's that's also coming out, but it's like mm-hmm. um that's first party output, okay? And mm-hmm. I think we need to distinguish like and most, hey, listeners of the breakdown, I know that like regular listeners, a lot of you guys are going to get this. Like there's a difference between first, second and third party. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's even sort of um So first party is it's owned by that company. They only develop games. Primar- they de- develop games primarily for that company. Like mm-hmm. Sony Santa Monica is technically a first p- party Sony developer, although they are third party in the fact that uh, MLB the Show is developed for multiple consoles. Okay. So, but like they are primarily a first. party like so, like Sony Santa Monica it, it, again. First party developer, because they they primarily make games for Sony. Um like God of War mm-hmm. Ragnarok, et cetera. Et cetera. Gorilla, first party. They only make Sony like PlayStation games. Yeah, you know, or you know, games for the the Sony brand. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what the heck is um then there's and, and then you have exclusive deals as well. So there's second party, which is like it's a company that is not owned by Sony but pretty much exclusively makes Sony content um a, a or a great uh game freak with Nintendo mm-hmm. technically all the pokemon stuff like they're pretty much a second party developer third party is what everybody else is they just make games for whoever now there can be exclusive deals so like right now Square Enix is not publishing anything on the Xbox sort of marketplace mhm uh, it's kind of looking like they might be turning into a second or first party kind of relationship with PlayStation, maybe. Hmm. Um
1: I mean, well, There's a lot stuff a, out on Switch,
0: yeah, but a lot of their output is finds its way on to Sony, mm-hmm. and yeah, they the they seem uh, and uh, their higher quality titles only really release on the Sony platforms, so. But then you have Forspoken because a lot of people are like, well, Forspoken sucked. Forspoken was published and developed by Square Enix. So that's that's a third-party exclusive that sucked farts. That's mm-hmm. not a first-party game that was garbage. Um, but again, I'm just sort of like, the the fact is that Sony hasn't put out a ton, but they have a game or two a year that sort of keeps them relevant, keeps them in sort of like the zeitgeist and, you know, and then they do manage to like nail some exclusives. Microsoft has enough studios at this point in time that they should be really releasing. Like once the machine gets going, like every at least three to four months, somebody should be dropping like two or three times a year. You should be getting something interesting dropped from one of those teams. Mm -hmm. Like they've got, um, hold on uh, anyways I'm just looking here Um, but yeah so Marvel Marvel Spider-Man potentially the Last of Us factions and which is probably going to be some sort of games as a service blend kind of game I'm not
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, the bits and pieces that we he- we've heard about it are interesting and then call of the mountain you know horizon call of the mountain which was mm-hmm. that VR experience thing and, you know, aside from, uh, what was the the one that came out? It was, you and I were talking about it. It's the one I downloaded on Game Pass. Um, the really flashy Microsoft game that just came out. The Rhythm Brawler thingy. Hi-Fi um, Rush. Hi-Fi Rush, which was critically acclaimed. Did really, mm-hmm. really well. But kind of was like, it was there and it was gone. And I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to see Hi-Fi Rush in any sort of game of the year contender talks or mm-hmm. anything like that what I'm the, the point is that their output has been just severely lacking and they have mm-hmm. to figure it out. They have to like, yes, is that alone is not going to like write the ship, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of problems. I mean, like I, there's just a lot of problems, period. Yeah. You have to give a people, you have to give people a reason to actually want to be on your service or you have to just commit to being like the Netflix of video games at yeah. which point in time, you don't get to be like, boo-hoo, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, too, like even just the general mismanagement of these studios raises all sorts of questions. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, okay, so you mentioned the, the Netflix of video games. In order for that model to work, in order for Hi-Fi Rush to hit harder, you would need a bigger install base. So I get it, I get it. Like, if you want to whine about it, it's a catch-22. Right? You know, how are you gonna start moving to the Netflix of video games if you don't have a large install base? And how are you going to um have a large install base if you don't have, you know, this Netflix of video games? Well you know, we don't need exclusives kind of a thing. Um so I I, I get that, okay, the chicken before the egg kind of a thing.
0: You have I, I, to have a you know, reason to to want to be in the
1: Xbox Exactly. Environment. Exactly. Exactly. And and I don't quite get like what they're trying to do when yeah and and to say that and to say that exclusives you know aren't going to aren't going isn't going to change you know the public morale well sure there's still tons of people that would still buy consoles you know that, that haven't jumped to to next gen uh to PS5 and to to Xbox series i haven't either um but that's also because so Sorry. Before I go there, is that like there are people you know looking towards these new consoles who haven't chosen yet? Um, but when you don't have exclusives and the other team has exclusives, it's a no brain. It's a no brainer to go with Sony because you can play all the same games there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If the handful of games that you have are like you say, exclusives don't matter. But this is like. That that's sticking your head in the sand.
0: Well, and he didn't because, say exclusives don't matter. He just, but sure, he kind of did. Right. Like he didn't right, say exactly. that exactly, but he kind of did. And that's the mm-hmm. problem is that like, dude, they absolutely do matter. And the thing it, is like, in I a think, world
1: where your competition has exclusives, they absolutely matter.
0: I think you know? the, the problem though, and, and, and some of it, and, and, and again, we don't have to go too far, but I think yeah. part of the problem is that game pass sort of devalues their properties. Hmm. Like I I yeah I I wonder how Hi-Fi
1: Rush how the creators of that are being paid. Well, because I mean it's they own the studio so it's Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. So it's like th- those dudes are getting paid, period. But was but, it seen as, you know, a, a, was it seen as a win for according
0: them? to <laughs> you know? microsoft's pr team and all that stuff yeah they, mm-hmm. they're like it good. performed the way we wanted it to okay okay good so which is cool but yeah. at the same time it's kind of like i forget where i was going with this my brain just like well one it's getting Sorry. really late we've been going yes. at this for a few minutes um I think the the problem is that it's just I have no idea where it's going. You you're going to have to edit okay. the sound post because okay. I that's, just I just that's went fine. completely like yeah. what was I saying before? You were talki- you were talking about uh well oh, you mentioned HiFi Rush. Uh, the- devaluing mm-hmm. properties. Okay? There is something to be said about when you don't pay for something we don't care about it as much yeah yeah and i kind of look at like the halo infinite stuff and mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff how much of this stuff is sort of basically because of the the very model of game pass and again i'm not trying to mm-hmm. go too far down this Could road be. yeah is basically cultivating a what have you done for me lately mentality within the general xbox populace. Yeah. So like it's like yeah, there's a ton of stuff to play all the time, blah 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 blah. But you know, if you don't have something constantly sort of tweaking the dopamine feed, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, "Oh, here's a new shiny. Here's a new shiny. Here's a yeah. new shiny." Eventually, like that that and it's it's just like even that the, the like yeah, it's it's uh there's just something about that model that i think is probably damaging yeah yeah so yeah
1: and so i I've, I've got two final thoughts one of which is one that that microsoft would not want to hear but as i mentioned i am one of those people who has not jumped to the next gen current gen whatever you want to call it ps5 xbox series i don't have either of them yet and what i would say and now part of that's because i have a huge backlog of course that's what the podcast is about so that's part of it. The other part is that um, I, this was said to me by a YouTuber um, that he 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 was talking about the new new gen consoles years ago, years and years ago. I think he said this about PS4 at the time, and uh, it stuck with me. And he said, it was a simple piece of advice. He said, "Don't buy a console on promises. No, buy yeah. a console for games." Mm-hmm. don't buy it for promises, and that 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 pushes so hard against you know the the hype machine of of getting the console day one um but I've really taken that to heart now i mean i typically don't you know that's it's typical for me okay but i I've really taken that to heart especially with um you know in the case of microsoft like i i don't see any reason <laughs> to buy a series i have a, i have a one uh, a one s I am. I am play stuff on that. I don't. I don't need a series because what games is the series going to give me, or or what features? Okay. I say, you know, if the features are are better playing games, okay, that's something to consider. But it's not. But the promise of playing games better doesn't mean much to me. I need to see it. You know, I, yes. I need to know and, the games I want to play play
0: better. And and well, and that's the thing is that I think in, when it comes to even that argument. Sony has consistently pretty much, they've been killing it in Mm -hmm. that department where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're going to get 60 frames. Sony first Mm -hmm. party games are going to be 60 frames, you know? And it's like, yeah. I I don't know, man. Or, or, and there is the trade off. Like, you go with like, you can get 4K 30, or you can do, you know, 1080 at 60 frames. And like, sometimes they work the 4K 60 frames kind of thing. But, it's it's just one of those things where t- going back to like the, the original part is like when he basically said well it's not going to change it's it's kind of like almost it's not going to change anything you know we just making better games making better games is going to change a lot of things Phil yeah and maybe i i th- I, th- I think and here's the thing i loved fable i mm-hmm adored mm-hmm. that game. I, I I even liked the the two that came after it. They mm-hmm. weren't as good, but mm-hmm. like I I like those games. Like they used to they've got some really interesting properties in their stable. And I'm I'm curious mm-hmm. as to how this the new fable is going to turn out. I don't want it to be a generic fantasy game. I want it to have the same sort of charm and spirit that the original fable did. mm mm-hmm. Mhm even though the original fable was kind of generic fantasy world, but it, it had a, anyways, all that being said, it it was just like, it was like sort of just such a tone deaf statement. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. dude, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. well, and that, that leads into my,
1: my last point. And this is, this is more rhetorical. Okay. It's a question I'm going to throw out there, but we don't have to answer it. It's, it's just more something to think about that kind of like, Oh, kind of they put it in perspective. When I was kind of getting the wheels turning about this, is that you look at it, the Xbox track record, and frankly, I mean, there there really hasn't been many gens of Xbox, right? There's been four, um, and you look, the first one did well, okay, with the the initial Xbox, because you had games like Halo, you had games like Fable, you had, um, you know, the, those are the two that come to mind, okay. Uh, well, Jade Empire, you know stuff like that. Ooh, Knights of the Old Republic. You had these Western Dude,
0: Jade Empire. Just pausing mm-hmm. for a beat. Missed that game. I miss okay. it. Okay, I really like that game. Okay, I like that era of Bioware.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Oh, Mass Effect. Okay, so there's mm-hmm. or was that on three sixty? That might've been 360. That was 360. Yeah, yeah, that was 360. That was an Xbox, but okay, let's move to 360, 360. The Xbox did so well. The Xbox conquered, you know, sold so many of those things because it had this, this identity
0: of, of your halos and your, your Bioshock was originally, the original Bioshock was mm, a 360 exclusive for a long time.
1: I would even argue as someone who wasn't playing very many games at this time, even the whole um, feel of the Grand Theft Auto franchise felt very Xbox. Like I know some of them were released on PlayStation as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if all of them were, but when I think of Grand Theft Auto, I I feel like it's Xbox. Like it's just that aura of the Western style open world-ish. Like those games that frankly don't appeal to me very much, but that's how it felt. And, you know, Gears of War, stuff like that like okay so so we've gone through these two generations of this like meteoric rise of from Xbox to Xbox 360 but then you get Xbox 1 and they're really it really doesn't have as much of an identity frankly because what it was sold on they walked back so that was just a disaster from the beginning and now with series it seems like they're get, they were getting back on track but now it's being real shaky and sh- i mean it might be better than one because it didn't have as bad of a launch but it's still like if they can't find their place if they if they don't have an identity if they're not if they don't put games you know exclusives if they they, they don't find these things um my my question and again this might be hyperbolic is how long do you think xbox is going to be around for because it's really only been 4 gens and
0: Half of them they've struck out so
1: far, I mean so
0: they can't continue this trend yeah, i don't I don't know, I don't know it's it's just it's kind of like I want to see them find something that's stable and workable, yeah, and I, I yeah. think just from an outsider's perspective, and granted, I don't have all the information, just whatever they're do- like all of the things they're doing are not working right now, yeah, and they they I'm not saying get rid of it all. Mm -hmm. but maybe they really need to come back to the table and sort of like take some hard question. Like the, the way that I would like my Xbox as a company, you know, and they can't really do this, but their leadership needs to do some soul searching and they Mm -hmm. need to really figure out what they're about. But Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, if, if, if Starfield is a great game, maybe that's getting them on the right, that's starting to get them on the right track. Cause those, those style of games I feel are pretty Xbox, you know, if they, if they could build their identity around stuff like that, then maybe they can, they can come back from it. It's just hard to see right now, especially after the recent uh, release of Redfall. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think that it's all bad timing in addition to a lot of meh. So, yeah, but,
0: well dude i think you know it's getting kind of late we need to sort of land the plane wear bag of tricks yeah this bag Mm -hmm. is empty dude just like yeah just like my head shook it out for
1: a while yeah man well before we go we do have um at least one other form to be observed well we've got two forms okay Mm -hmm. first form um we've do you you have a community shout out do you have anything you want to say to our community
0: I mean, I'm sure I do, but how about you go first? And I got to think about it for a second because I've been sort of brain dead lately. I, w- I just thought it was super cool. And, and maybe this is still in yours.
1: I'm kind of saying this on your behalf. I thought it was super cool that our community rallied to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, that was really <laughs> cool. I like that. So, shout out to you guys for shouting out to Nate.
0: Yeah, That's all well, I got. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was pretty I for, I forgot that I got older. In the last <laughs> that four happened. weeks. Um, it was the thing. That the did woods. happen. Um mm-hmm. it was a thing. You know, I haven't honestly I haven't been in the Discord too much this week. Um Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out um the the, the let's study thread. And okay. just like Yeah, 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 yeah. Um You guys are the bomb diggity. Yeah. Um yeah, we haven't sort of been super consistent, but we've been trying. Uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to that, the 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 Petrine the the Petrine epistles. Mm. Um, we've been try- we need to get get on that, fellas. Come on, you know, let's let's stir each other up to good words and good works. Mm. Like stir it. each other up with good words to do good works. Mm. Mm. Something I don't know. That's a gross paraphrase. <laughs> I didn't mean actually, uh, anyways, but yeah, um, dang it, just like yeah, just kind of like i I appreciate those guys, and it's like let's you know, me just as much as everybody else, I probably need to sort of light a little bit of a fire under my my tail, yeah, so
1: yeah, well that that's actually a really good segue because uh, speaking of lighting fires under our tails, uh after grabbing bags, I, I don't know what that had to do with anything, um. We've got a challenge to discuss for the, before the next episode. So just an update for me, uh, my lifting challenge, I actually did really well over the past couple of weeks, started getting back into lifting. Of course I deloaded, so it was a lot easier, but Mm -hmm. that helps for consistency. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's because you still get a little bit, your muscles still feel it at least a little bit. And so it feels good. And then your body gets used to feeling that, you know, that. Mm-hmm. high for lack of a better term it's it's not really but you know what i mean so um yeah. so that's been nice uh took i did take some time off with the retreat that i had a couple days ago but um i've been pretty consistent and so like i mentioned that i've been listening to digital minimalism my challenge over the next 2 weeks is to get off my phone to stop using it as much mm. um, i think i think i am in in some ways probably different than it has been in the past uh, I probably do have a bit of a dopamine addiction, probably to listening to things, whether mm. it's a YouTube or a podcast, like that's kind of my default is I'll always be listening to something. And, uh, I, I think I need to get used to silence and listen to things more mm. intentionally.
0: So the, the other week I actually just spent most of a day without my headphones in and it was, mm-hmm. A little unsettling, not bad. Exactly. But, that's, but
1: yeah. that's why that, that, that's a great word is unsettling. And that's why I feel, oh, maybe, I, maybe there's an addiction there <laughs> because like, I don't like it. Mm. I making feeling bored or makes me feel uneasy. And it's like, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't like that. I should be able to do that.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Um, that's pretty, I, I like that one. That's pretty good. Uh, I as far as my challenge goes, even with, uh, Porcho, especially would like sent me more than a couple messages saying like, dude, stop shooting. Like, you know, he'd see me on destiny oh, and he'd be nice. like, stop shooting things. Go journal. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Porcho, I, man. I still didn't do it. <laughs> I, was, I was busy shooting things. Um,
1: <laughs> no, journal No, but
0: things. I, you know, Porcho as, as usual is just like, he's, he's a real G. um yeah so he's he's a gem of a human being but yeah uh i'm just gonna go back like dude i i really feel like journaling is like the one discipline that when i do it with consistency Mm -hmm. all the other pieces fall into place yeah like and i think it's the discipline especially like when i'm journaling and I start out with like, "Hey, here's a little bit of scripture. Let's meditate on the mm-hmm. scripture. Let's write down mm-hmm. a prayer, and and see if there's anything that we can and should apply." And then, yeah. So I I I need 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 to get back into this. Like, so yeah, that's
1: that's awesome. I I completely agree. I think that's I think that's a fantastic challenge. Um, but we both know someone who doesn't agree. Um, uh, our, our friend of the show, Paul Lytle, uh, he says that journaling is useless, so you shouldn't do it. Um, and, and if you want to give us your advice on journaling or other things that are useless, there's tons of ways that you can send that information our way. You can do that by emailing us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com on Twitter. Our handle is at BB downcast. We're on Instagram.com slash The Backlog Breakdown. Also on Facebook, we have a group. It's called The Backlog Book Club. There's a hashtag beginning of that as well. Um, and then the link for the Discord is in the description or the, the, the show notes. That's what they're called. There's no description. This is in YouTube. What, what am I talking about? I'm addicted to YouTube. Okay. Um, also, if you want to reach out to us personally on the internet, I generally go by Broccolope. And Nate goes by.
0: Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah, you so. do i do all over the internet oh that's uh that's that's a little gross buddy i try i okay. try not to do that but Ugh. 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 <laughs> do not like well all that being said and now that i am sufficiently grossed out josh uh mm. you have accomplished what you sought out to do uh you yes. made, me, made me ill <laughs> um, and we have accomplished Fantastic. the things that we set out to do. We had a conversation about a couple of uh, random sort of game-related-ish topics. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think it's uh, been, a, all in all, a fairly good conversation and, and a decent night. Um, um, but that being said, we did the things. What should they do, Josh?
1: Guys, keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. <laughs>